So this is admittedly weird. I feel like I've broken up with this podcast and then tried to come back and was not really sure how to do it. And this is not a comeback, but this was a conversation I wanted to share with anybody who's listening. Actually, why are you listening? I don't know why you're here, but I am glad that you are here. What you're about to listen to is a conversation I had with Kimmy yesterday over coffee at Flower Boy. And she asked me some really good questions about what it feels like to ask people for money in exchange for art. And even though art is still a word that I'm trying to get comfortable with, uh, it's not something that I thought I was making. And so asking to be paid for it was even more ridiculous than I had ever imagined. But she brings up some very good points here, and I think you'll enjoy it as long as you're someone who's in this world to create value, whether as a creative entrepreneur or just someone seeking to bring value and looking to get paid for it. So um, if you do enjoy it, you know where to find me. Peace. What was the question? Okay, so my question for you was what changed when you recently were able to ask your price for an hour of work to do this assignment? And when, you know, and when you were asked to potentially do it on a different day, you were like, well, then it's going to be double. And you actually got this, like, job. It was, like, agreed upon at a price that felt like it was kind of steep. Like, it was almost like, I don't have to do this job for you. I'm choosing to do this job for you, and you're going to pay for it. Right. You know? What changed between being able to say that versus you a month ago, or maybe this is a couple weeks ago, having the same, like, confidence to say the thing and set the price? I think there are two pieces to that. Okay. So, the, on the technical piece, I think it's the one that people feel the most hamstrung by but it's actually not the hard part so when I mean what I mean by technical is people think they need to know what other people charge they think they need to have like a business model they need to have like a way to invoice other people or payment structures or like all these things are technical right and they're all important they all help communicate the thing that you want to communicate is it almost like not to butt in but an insecurity about like you over research the market to be able to like value yourself it's a way to like escape like offset just saying the thing setting your price it's sort of um it's not wrong to like want to have a good or realistic gauge on like what other people are providing but to benchmark yourself against something that doesn't offer the same value as you do is also stupid right yeah and so yeah what I realized was that even as I chipped away at all these things, that all the technical bits of, okay, I have a payment structure in place, I have a uh, portal where people can pay me, I have whatever, right? I realized that even after I like checked all those boxes, I was still wasn't able to make the ask. Okay. Why? And this is where the second part comes in, where I think at the end of the day, that's the adaptive piece. And the adaptive piece of that whole thing is do you see yourself, who do you see yourself as? And if you see yourself as someone who provides value and you see this as an exchange in value, then asking for that price is is no longer like a scary thing. 
it's like a no-brainer. It almost makes it necessary for you to then deliver on it. Because okay. if it's free, then things start to get weird because even if you're super bought in, they might start getting wishy-washy about like what time to do it and when to like whatever. Because you're basically saying, I don't value my time. So you shouldn't value mine. But by saying, my, my time is worth $400 an hour. And how does that number come? Does it come like more fluid than you would almost think? You know, like being able to say 400 versus 300 versus 500. Yeah. What's the process behind that? <laughs> So it's so for me, I can only speak for myself. Sure. Right? It's it's extremely fluid, and I look at value in a very I think somewhat unorthodox way because of the way that I was raised. My parents never allowed us to have a job in our entire lives. Like so, we I was brought up in a family. I had, my parents had a lot of money, and so I was not I didn't have to break the lawn or like earn my lunch money. I was told to go to school, do really well, and then something else would happen for you that would pay your bills. So I didn't really understand that, like, what, like, value, money, like, that kind of thing was until I moved out and when I was 14. And I was trying, I had a falling out with my dad, and I was trying to piece together a livelihood for myself and, like, trying to figure out what my value was for the world to make up rent, tuition, all that, right? And so it is fluid in the sense that I look at value in terms of, okay, what are the tangible things I'm bringing to the table and what are the intangible things that I'm bringing to the table? For example? For example, for $400, the tangible thing that I'm delivering to you is you're going to get a 15-second video, right? Cut three different ways featuring the message that you want to communicate. Very tangible. The specs are 1920 by 1080. The platform that you'll broadcast is on Instagram. This is what you can do with it. One revision, da da da, like all that. It's a technical standard. That's the technical standard. And then the intangible mm -hmm. that you're gonna get out of it is, I'm gonna invest time into researching, right? What your value proposition is, what your company is about, why is this different from like whatever, what I shouldn't do, what like branding. You're, you don't align, align yourself with, mm -hmm. which I think a lot of people don't do. A lot of people, a lot of creatives show up just to do the thing because they're hired for the thing. But that's when it kind of starts to fall apart. And so I look at that and I go like, okay, $400 an hour is, it comprises, it's three hours of prep, an hour on site, and whatever. And, and you can start with an arbitrary number. Like, wherever you want to land, you can land at. And would you say the experience of, for someone who's just starting at an arbitrary mm -hmm. number, right? Yeah, it's, it's, the experience of setting that price and then reflecting afterwards and reassessing. Yeah. That's very valuable feedback. Like, the more reps you get, the more. Yeah. The easier it becomes to, to set the next price. Exactly. And to add on to that, it's like, it's also the whole fact that, like, once you don't have to be married to your pricing but also try it out like don't like you get like a 30-day return policy on your pricing sure you know like you don't have to you don't have to stick with it for life but you also have to give it a shot yeah some people most people most creatives that are good have 
this anxiety. If someone doesn't say yes immediately, they're probably gonna say no forever. So they like start discounting. They're like, oh no, 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 like uh, 400 is too steep. Like let's do like 250 this time and then like we'll see where it goes. Right? It's a limiting belief because that stunts them from like future. Right. Yeah. And, and also, they, you're feeding yourself these things. Maybe they didn't work. Maybe they weren't with their phones that day, or maybe whatever. But thirty a day. I live by a thirty day rule of like this is what my pricing is going to be for the next thirty days, right? And if at the end of thirty days I do not make the money that I think I need or think I should, then I reassess and adjust. And would you say that that thirty day thing? Uh, not like that it matters where that was born out of like maybe it's just easy to like systematically like rent is a monthly thing so like monthly it kind of makes sense yeah. to like check in here do you is that something you keep like like internally in your head as a gauge it's not something that you share with yeah. your clients like oh well in yeah. 30 days you know I'm yeah, yeah. adjusting my price absolutely it's, it's completely internal and, and it's something for me to kind of like it's a little bit like stick with the squat program for a month right right and then retest right if you don't get what you need then like okay maybe I need to add in more accessory work or maybe I need to adjust the squat volume I need to like whatever and absolutely and based on your experience so far would you say one month has been a a good gauge like a good yeah one checkpoint yeah the temptation really is to not lower your price until that one month period because a lot of times I think people start to freak out especially if like there's a lull in the middle of the month or whatever, you don't close your gym because you you had a bad month, right? Right. And I think it's it's tempting for creatives to do that because, and I use creatives as a term that's very loose. For yeah. be like, if you're a freelancer, anybody who works for themselves, right? It's yeah. Very easy. So what's the difference between a creative and an entrepreneur? I would say nothing. No difference. Cool. But um, why do you prefer that rhetoric then? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I think I like the idea of creation of value, and I think that's what entrepreneurship is. It's finding resources that are around you. So, do you think it's a more accurate reflection of what it is that you do mm -hmm. versus entrepreneur is almost this like big, like ambiguous, abstract word of like what do they, what do you even do? Yeah. I feel like entrepreneur has made has been made to be a dirty term, for sure. Same, same with business, right? Oh, right. well, if you go into business, it's just going to turn into like yeah. something negative. Not necessarily. Right. Like business is just a larger expression of whatever it is that your personal value brand is. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like I like to say, I'm in the business of like building community. Yeah. And there's I love nothing it. dirty about that. That's that's fantastic. But also, like, I don't want people to feel like. I don't know. I just have this feeling that people take the word entrepreneurship, building communities, as like this nebulous, like hippie, dippy shit that like, or this arrogant, like egotistical, like individual. Yeah, you know, and it's not. But it has nothing to do with that. It's like there are tangible ways of measuring the size of a community, the impact of a community, right? And like, it's it's a courageous stab at offering creative value mm -hmm. that in some bigger businesses mm -hmm. 
that aren't like entrepreneurship, but are the like well-established organizations, they don't necessarily have that like flexibility and creativity. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so structured. I have a question for you, though. Yeah. Um, in terms of now you because you've like lived this thing like made this progress especially with like identifying your value returning you know getting return on your value financially like very specifically yeah. being paid for yeah. your value yeah how has I have not arrived let's let's start for there sure, for yeah. sure okay. but I don't mean for sure as in like you have not arrived you know <laughs> but like but in terms of like yeah you're, you're yeah. developing yeah. you know uh, absolutely but what's the difference between the advice that you would give when you were working for free, pursuing what it is that you love to do, versus the advice that you're giving now, and not just so much in terms of like, well, I'm having more success now, I'm making more money now, so now I feel I can offer this advice, but like, what is it that you didn't see before when people were asking for advice? Because they, you, people look to you. Right. Yeah. Like, as you're exploring your journey, yeah. people are inspired by that, and they, they want to know, like, how can I do this as well? And I want to know what has been the biggest difference down in the advice right. that you would give to people yeah. and why that's a that's a good question you know I'm deep yeah. you are you're on fire you yeah. know what I mean um, oh that's so rough and start wherever you want to start don't okay. feel like you need to answer all of it okay well let's start with what I would have given maybe even just six months ago when I started this. Yeah, let's go there. What would you have given six months ago, the one bit or maybe two bits, whatever comes to mind first versus now? Like, let's just throw those out there. The advice I would have given was for, for people to just stay the course, but be selective. Okay. Versus? Versus now, I would say, learn how to communicate what you're bringing to the table. Specifically where? Specifically in why someone should pay you. And specifically through what channels are we talking? Whatever channels. So when you're across the table, across the phone, across Skype with someone who wants to engage you for work, it's easy, especially if you're starting out, to feel overwhelmed with gratitude that someone even wants to like be in the same room as you, right? And you're like, oh my God, I'm so lucky to be here. Like, I'll just do this for free. And um. And you gotta move past that. And there is there is like that element that should be alive forever. Right. And it's part of the process, but also you're doing yourself and the other person a disservice when you look at them as up on a pedestal and yourself as below that pedestal. Oh yeah. Versus this is a collaborative relationship. Oh yeah. It's an opportunity for each of us to benefit here. And this is like a great juncture for me, like just express like the gratitude that I have for like the people in my life. Um, and it was actually through a very simple, like it wasn't even the main part of the conversation that I had with Logan that like actually stirred this up because he said, <laughs> I remember sitting across the table from him and I said, he was asking me to name a price on a project that we're about to start at Deuce. And he's like, so how do you see yourself getting paid in terms of this? And our job scope, my job scope at Deuce is a constant it's a constant uh, evolution it's so fluid it's whatever we want it it's to be. not static and that's a great thing but it's also a, a challenging thing yeah and so he was asking me so how would you like to be paid for this 
And I was like being super wishy-washy about it. I was just like, yeah, you know, like, you know, uh, whatever. Like I, Logan, you know I would do this for free. And like he immediately cuts me off and he says, that shit, that shit needs to stop. Yes. And in that moment, I saw how I was hindering him, how I was hindering my friends by not being financially stable. People don't know if they can ask me to go out to dinner because they don't know if I can afford to pay. And like, it's also kind of not nice to keep asking people to cover for you or like expect them to. But also, I would say it sounds like a certain amount of like leveling up as well as like, oh shit, like I am a player in this game yeah and i better start treating myself like a player yeah instead of this uh fan right like you're in thing now yeah you know and it's like oh but it's it's nice to have the feedback especially from someone that you respect yeah that you're like thank you for saying that yeah and it, it was a huge paradigm shift for me because here i thought i was being noble and you know, consider it by sacrificing air quotes, you know, my time so that something else can grow. But it's actually less noble because now people can't move as fast as they want to because they don't know if they're safe. They don't know if you're going to be safe if they move this fast. So you can cover your own ass by making sure that you're taking responsibility to be paid. Oh, everyone can move at 100. Well, and anyone can talk about the things that they want to do or maybe doing it for free or, oh, you know, like, it's cool. This is like, no, I'm calling my shot. Yeah, no, like, I will work for you, I will do this thing, and I'm going to charge this. Let your, like, yes be yes, and let your no be no. Yeah. And so, six months ago, advice I would have given was stay at force, be selective with who you want to work with, and just keep grinding not look at the money, not look at the metrics, not look at anything else. And in hindsight, would you say that's part of the process? I would say that. I would say that it's part of the process, but if you, I feel like a lot of creatives end up staying Mm -hmm. there for way too long. And because a lot of creatives seek comfort in the structure of being paid a salary, they'll never get out of that structure. They'll never get out of that mode. Right, and it's part of your like adaptive growth yeah. that it's going to be uncomfortable to initially say, "This is coming from me, not some organization that I work for." That oh yeah, you can't hide price. And I think people forget that that's uncomfortable, and that you can just anticipate that that's going to be part of the thing. Mm-hmm. Just like you get in ice, it's going to be cold. Yeah, but you know how you're going to feel on the other side of it. Yeah. And what does that do for you from there versus just in that one moment? So my mind works like a mind map (laughs) in that I looked at the whole thing as if I set my price specifically for the example that we were talking about in this uh, new project on Friday, I I looked at it as if I name my price, one of three things can happen. He says yes, and then I have to do the thing. He says no, then we don't do the thing, right? And the third option that can happen is neither of us say anything. We do the thing and then we get super resentful of each other because I never wanted to do this, but you never wanted to pay me, but I never asked. And it's So out of all three, number three seems like the worst. Right. Right. So if we don't name the price, then it's off. 
Like, right, like that's, that's like that's J- a guarantee. That's like JV outcome. level. Does anybody really want to perform there? Like, no. So, no, but like, that's let's a write guaran- that off. That's a guaranteed outcome of like. Sure. I just don't want to spend time with people like that. Me neither. You know. And I, if I don't want to spend time with people like that, I have to be responsible to not be that person. Mm-hmm. To be so like sketchy and like unwilling to name a price. So even if it's like comfortable to write across an email and say this is what I'm charging, mm-hmm. point blank. Uh, how can I get? This is like my favorite thing to write. How would you like to? I, how would you like to pay for your invoice <laughs> instead of like? So is that okay? Like I don't I don't ask people if that quote is okay. I just say this is what it's gonna cost. Uh, this is what you'll get in return. This is the delivery time. Uh, super excited to work with you. How would you like to pay your deposit? Right, because how does it pay anyone? How does it serve anyone to assume that the option would be I don't want to work with you? Yeah, you got to double down and be like, you know. And if they say, oh, well, actually, I don't want that. Oh, okay, that's not a big deal. It's kind that of sounds, they, that yeah. conviction is key. It, that's how they get you at retail stores, right? Cash or card. And you're like, oh shit, uh, are those my only options? Okay. I'm doing the thing? Okay. Oh, okay. I'm paying? Oh, okay. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, car, card, card. But right? I think, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense though with, as you're like paving your way as a creative, mm-hmm. not just in your mind, but actually expressing that, getting value back on that, that it like, you have to say it as if, that's the option. Yeah. And if they oh choose to not take that yeah. opportunity to work with you, okay. That's okay. But that's way better than this wishy-washy. Because who wants to work with like, well, oh, you know, I really yeah. this. I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't want to play with a baby player. Yeah. I want to play with someone who's like, this is what I do. I don't want to work with fragile people, technically. And I probably shouldn't say that. But like, God, no. it's, it's really hard because like, no, I can't. So I come from a personal training background, and you know this, and it's like, I work with a lot of fragile people in the past, and I, I can turn up, I can turn up the volume on that, like, compassion and the empathy sure. side, but when I'm collaborating with you, I'm assuming that you're at my level, Yeah. and I want to work with people who are also resolute, who are also going to be really clear with me when they say, this is what I want to pay, oh, that's out of my range, what can we do for... $300. What can we do for $200? Can I pay you in installments? Right? Nightmare clients are the ones who like break it down to like, can you break down the 400 to me? Like in items? And I'll, I'll literally send back, sure. $400, quantity one, Mel's time. <laughs> that's it. But I think that's how it needs to be. If you're going from creative to creative who is actually in business, not right. just creative, then you need to draw lines and, and call shots. And I'm not saying don't ever break it down for your client and like... Not to say that you couldn't break it down or rewrite yeah. or do whatever, but it's like, yeah. It's like, be a professional about it. And I think it's a little bit, oh, this is so trite, but it's a little bit like the CrossFit versus use gym example right like if you don't educate your consumer on like what they're getting then it's that's on you that's on you and it's gonna be hard to justify them paying that much anyway because if you can't articulate what they're gonna get out of it and the way I articulate what they get out of it is 
it's not in just the technical piece of that 15 second video because who cares about 15 seconds? People are gonna remember it or not or like maybe they swipe up, maybe they don't, right? But what they're gonna get in exchange is someone who number one understands their brand, right? Someone who's already there on site, who's comfortable with the, the talent. Um, they're going to do extra research on your competitors to see how to set you apart from their content, right? All this research, I'm not, like it's not free. Like, why, I don't necessarily need to care about this otherwise. Well, and also, I would argue, if this client or consumer is more fixated on the talk pre-execution and like so consumed by are you able to develop this 10 point beautifully articulated plan not that you shouldn't have a well written articulated communicate the thing that you're going to do to them what value is right but it's like we're having this conversation because you have a thing that you could do for this person yeah and we all win when you're doing the thing fucking thing yeah and they're paying for that fucking Right. They win, you win, and then the cycle repeats itself, right? And it's like the more clients, well, and the more experience you have, I feel like you will have the opportunity and you will establish the presence where people know if they want to do business with you. Well, yeah, it's, you don't even have to say, hey, I'm going to do all this research. I'm going to, that's just the yeah. underlying foundation of what you do. Yeah. And we can stop this conversation about all these things you can assume you you're gonna get my hundred percent because you're professional yeah. and you do the thing like you know yeah and all that it entails so the advice that I would give now yes is you are one decision away from deciding who you want to be you just have to decide unpack that even more tangibly for people though okay what does that look like so let's someone take, who wants to get paid for a thing that they're doing. Okay, so let's just take you for example, right? What do you want to be? A teacher and a coach. What are you now? A coach. And I I share a lot of ideas about communication. See, I think but I haven't created a classroom yet, but I'm actually creating a classroom. I think you consider yourself a teacher and a coach already in your head. Yeah. Right? Well, and I've done that before. Yeah, of course. And and you want, you you realize that that's the space that you thrive in and you can bring the most value to the world, right? You, When I say you're one decision away from becoming the thing that you want to be, it's no different from like deciding that you are a professional. If you if you're a teacher, you're a professional educator. Yes. So being a professional means you turn up regardless of how you feel. For sure. You turn up regardless of your readiness. For sure. You can't say, oh, I, I'm not ready yet. Like I, uh, yeah, like my circumstances are not good yet. Like I can't. I just you turn up. So, but even more specifically than turn up because again, I want to maybe I'm NLPing your ass oh, yeah, right now. Oh yeah, but not just showing up, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. you're saying you have a responsibility, you know, who do you want to be, to be whoever you want to be, to create 
the environment and the space for yourself to do, to be who you are. I think that comes as a manifestation of deciding. So, the on a foundational level, you have to decide first. On a fun, because and if you have decided, then what next? Because this is like the weird part. Most people say that they want to be something, and then they like everything in their behavior says otherwise. Right. And but what if I told you I am a teacher and I am a coach and I fucking know that? Show me. And what do you mean by show me? Where where's the food? If you are a teacher, if you're a professional educator. Where are your students? So where is your... You're where is your class? Where yeah. is class? Yeah. Because if you're a creator and you don't ever create anything, are you actually a creator? Like, you can't just talk about doing the thing. You gotta right. do the thing. Right. Right? And so, um, you, back to your point about, like, manifesting the environment that allows you to be the thing that you want to be, I think comes after deciding that you're going to do the thing. And become the person for sure, and and so. But, but in my selfish experience here, yeah, uh, those are two roles that I already let's say I already know that and have chosen that. Then what is the thing specifically mm-hmm. to execute on your advice? Yeah. Um, so, with your specific example of like creating a classroom, which I. I'm stoked we're talking about because like this is gonna bring so much value to so We can set a separate memo for that. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, But basically, the reason I say things will start to trickle down because that night when we were having ice cream at Rory's, when I basically forced you in a corner and said, when is this happening? I didn't give you an option. I didn't say, is this happening? Are you doing the thing? At the end of the night, when you left, you said, this is the date. Yeah. This is when it's going to happen. And like, at that table, and use at the yard, at the yard. Yeah, the day the podcast came out. I was like, give me a date. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, ah, da, da, da. And I'm like, I don't know if Logan's going to be okay. Like, and I said, give me a date. Yeah. Right? We have a date. Yes. We have something to work towards. We have one. A goal, a deadline, a, a thing. It, it adds urgency. It so adds. executing the thing is making sure that you, have you are doing the thing. Yeah. Physically you, doing the thing. Yeah. You, and so to be a supporter of people who are also going through this process, one of the best things, what it sounds like, is if you have the relationship, can you push your friend to call their shot, set the date, set the event. Yeah. Because there needs to be a living expression of this. Yeah. Look, the way I look at it is, if you're a surgeon, first time ever going into the OR, right? And you know that this surgery is happening two weeks from now. You've had eight years of practice, medical school, everything, all the training, right? You've observed and everything. Some guy's life is on the line, and you're going to go in in two weeks, right? And it's like, fuck yeah, where else would you want to be? Don't you think those two weeks will be the most, like, intense growing experience yes. of your life? You need the pressure if you talk about this. Because if I told you, yeah, you're going to be in the OR sometime in the future, I don't know when. Yeah, you could be practicing on, like, cadavers and shit, but you'll never, ever grow at the rate that you would grow with that two-week deadline in mind. 
for it's sure. someone's life in your uh, in your hands. Well, and this is why I like this advice, and I appreciate you being more like specific about it now, because ultimately, like, we want to understand this like developmental perspective. Yeah. Super useful. Learn this in grad school. Talk this in mm. communication. Yeah. However, however, no one's doing anyone a favor if we live and fucking die and spend too much time in developmental <laughs> discussion land. You know what I mean? And it has become trendy to like, oh, I know what's going to happen when I'm pursuing the thing. Yeah. That's amazing, but we need to do it. You know? Like, I would say with my things, like, put your rhetoric in motion. That That's like the... And I so love the way that you phrase it because, like, it, it's... It's wordplay, right? For sure. It's so fun. Like, and I, I love that. And one of the things that like I was, I just experienced was shooting a wedding, right? Yes. And like, the reason I pushed through with that was because it was making me so uncomfortable. It was not pushing despite the discomfort. It's pushing because of this discomfort. If I already knew what I was gonna, how I was gonna do, it wouldn't stretch me. Right. And so, going in with the uncertainty of like, I've never seen this venue before. I don't know what lenses particularly I need. Um, actually, to be really honest, I ordered a lens and it didn't arrive. So I had to make do with what I had. And like literally in that morning that I was driving out there, uh, my roommate's car's brakes, her, uh, her brake lights stopped working. Oh. I had all the excuses to not do it. I, I'm not good enough. I like have never done this before. I don't have the right equipment. This was last minute, so how could you have really made it happen anyway? Right, the logistics weren't right. But like, I realized it is so uncomfortable for me. I'm gonna grow so much. Yes. It's like being able to be excited about that, like, and, it, and it's less about like the ego of oh, I'm gonna be uncomfortable, you know, this like hustle, hustle, and it's more about you are in tune and aware enough about what discomfort can yield that I'm when you say. feel it, you can lean into it. Like ah, I don't, I don't really like how this feels, but I know that on the other side of it, I'm right where I need to be. Yeah, you know, it's it's like it's butterflies and all these different you know expressions to have them it's like that is a really nice it's not even i mean i don't want to downplay the like negativity in my head it still exists like sure like on the ferry there i was like how the fuck are we gonna do this like like i don't even know what the guy looks like you know what i mean like but see that's the thing he was trying to shoot he wasn't even proposing no i i can't give you the desire for that right and it and it wouldn't make sense for uh, anyone to really get too like consumed in someone else yeah. someone else's story about discomfort you know like you gotta do you but you have to be in tune with yourself enough to know if you're scared of failing or if you're in tune enough that that fear or that like kind of icky feeling of like I'm not ready I'm not prepared I don't know and I don't want to screw up is actually like a really nice green light to say proceed actually I don't think there's a difference between the two yeah and and I don't I don't necessarily think there is either I got really I think I've been so lucky my entire life I've just I honestly always feel like I'm the luckiest person in the room because of like 
I feel like you're conditioned to say that because you're articulate or do you literally feel like that? I literally feel like that because I know for a fact that I have not worked hard enough, long enough, and I'm talented enough to get all the opportunities that I have. So how does that make you feel then? What does it make you want to do with your locks? So it's, there are two sides of the coin, right? The dark side of the coin is like, I feel like I don't, I'm not worth it or whatever. So I have to overcompensate by doing a lot more. And that's why like, when you hire me for a video shoot, sometimes you get photos. Whoa. Like, it's like Mel's insecure. She's trying to pad up her thing. Right? That's the dark side of the coin. But the positive side of the coin is that I know that I didn't do anything to deserve this. And so I can just go, right? Like, I, I can take the shot because not everyone gets it. Yeah. And Might as well. Yeah. You've been given something. Instead of just, like, standing there holding it, be like, oh, shit, I don't deserve it. Someone take it away. Right. Like, that like, doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help anybody. And it's like, why would you waste it? Like, <laughs> it sounds so silly. Like, but why would you waste it? Yeah. Um. So this is admittedly weird. I feel like I've broken up with this podcast and then tried to come back and was not really sure how to do it. And this is not a comeback, but this was a conversation I wanted to share with anybody who's listening. Actually, why are you listening? I don't know why you're here, but I am glad that you are here. What you're about to listen to is a conversation I had with Kimmy yesterday over coffee at Flower Boy. And... She asked me some really good questions about what it feels like to ask people for money in exchange for art. And even though art is still a word that I'm trying to get comfortable with, uh, it's not something that I thought I was making. And so asking to be paid for it was even more ridiculous than I had ever imagined. But she brings up some very good points here, and I think you'll enjoy it as long as you're someone who's in this world to create value whether as a creative entrepreneur or just someone seeking to bring value and looking to get paid for it so um if you do enjoy it you know where to find me peace